Hi, I'm Nancy Lombardo, and welcome to What's the Buzz in New York. Very excited about today's guest. If she's listening, I'm going to open up our mic in a moment. Lisa Novick-Goldberg has written a fascinating book, The Apple and the Shady Tree. It's about her life growing up as a Jewish-American princess on Long Island in the Five Towns. As a child of the 60s, Lisa had an inkling that hers was not your typical TV family. (laughs) However, she matured. She figured out that hers was more than just an unconventional and quirky story. Her story begins in the 60s, and you know what? I'm going to open her mic and bring on her guest. Okay. Lisa Novick Goldberg, I'm opening your mic. Hi, Nancy. Can you hear me? Good morning. Yes, I can. Good morning. Thanks. Echo, Thanks so much for having me. An echo. How about now? Is That's better. That's better. Yep. That's Thank you better. for having no, me. No, I love the book. I love the book. I'm, I'm just so very, glad. Uh, <laughs> it was very uh, interesting, and we're going to ha- let you talk about it. And uh, there was it was so many layers there. There were so many layers. It was yeah. like an onion. You kept peeling away, and there was one more layer coming through. And I was like, what? <laughs> And that's you know, why I've been in years of was, therapy, to get through all those layers. <laughs> yep. Yes, <laughs> you, you sure did. And uh, let's yeah. begin, all right? Just give somebody a flavor because uh, there, there's so many aspects to this book. Okay. It's not only that you, you're growing up. All I kept thinking is, did she never ask, Daddy, why do all your friends have funny names? Uh, but <laughs> Well, I'm going to explain you that know? to you. Would it be all right, Nancy, can I quickly read the introduction? Because I think that gives the audience sure, a real short perfect. flavor. All right. Let me tell you why. They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I like to think that this Macintosh took a long roll into another orchard, but I'm not sure. I'm going to let you judge. This is a book about my family, the Noviks, who are at best described as unusual. It is about my complicated relationship with my father, whose closest friends just happen to be the bosses of the Genovese crime family. It is about my search to find myself after having spent a lifetime straddling two very distinct worlds. One is an upper-middle-class suburban girl who attended elite schools, ran in privileged circles, and identified strongly with her Judaism, and the other as a sort of mafia princess whose upbringing gave access to another kind of elitism and privilege and landed me in front of a grand jury. The story is told from my perspective. You were introduced to my father, Herbert Novick, born into a poor Jewish family in 1928 in the rough-and-tough Brownsville neighborhood of Brooklyn, made infamous as the home of Murder, Inc. A job as a teenager on the Brooklyn dockyards changed his fate when he met the men who became his lifelong friends, the men who then went on to become the capos of the powerful Genovese family. It is then that Herbert Novick, Herbie Novick, morphed into John or Johnny or Big John Novick. You will meet his bride, my stunning but deeply troubled mother, who was a formidable match in their explosive 53-year marriage. Their genetic shortcomings and poor choices created a chaotic home for my sister and me, characterized by anger and fear, disappointment and confusion. I have been far luckier than my sister, who could never overcome the abuse of being used as a pawn in our parents' battles. Through chronological vignettes, both very funny and profoundly sad, I take you on my journey from early childhood in Brooklyn to the wealthy Jewish ghetto known as the Five Towns of Long Island where I grew up, to my adulthood with its twists and turns, challenges and triumphs. 
Beginning with a murder, I introduced you to the real-life Goodfellows who came in and out of my life, courtesy of my father's role as the moneymaker for the Genovese family. We will visit the mafia-infused worlds of the casinos of glitzy 60s and 70s and 80s Las Vegas and Atlantic City, the boxing industry, Manhattan's iconic garment center, the pre-MTV record industry, the restaurants where mob business deals were made and celebrated, and a corrupt boutique bank that was tied to a mob murder. Join me. It's quite a ride. So that's it. That's very good. You know, Lisa, you should actually tape that and, and put that up on YouTube. <laughs> that is, I mean, oh. just you reading it like, like it is. You should tape that because it's really, I'm definitely gonna, you said it all. Yeah. Thank you. I think that was a, a, a big encapsulation. It was crazy. We were the Munster family of our neighborhood in North Woodmere and the Five Towns. We looked different. We clearly had a very different lifestyle than our neighbors who were 99.9% Jewish and uh, doctors and lawyers and accountants. And it was, though nobody knew quite what my father did, including me growing up, um, it was obvious that uh, we were set apart. We were a little bit different. So I had a wacky, um, yes, stressful... Yes, I believe you mentioned that in, in, your, in, your, <laughs> in your book because you said it was quite, uh, quite the interesting growing up between, I believe it was Orthodox, non-Orthodox, and then your yes. Italian family. My Italian, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of straddled both things. I, I, at a young, as in a younger age, I fit in perfectly with my Uncle Benny Eggs and uh, Johnny Barbados Sausage and Sally Boxcars and Joey that were, this was my extended family and they were wonderful and I didn't know any better. But then I had a whole other side with my neighborhood in the five towns and uh, later on when I got to college, the friends that I cultivated, the education. So uh, you can only straddle two worlds for so long and then you you realize that you have to make a, a choice in many ways. And that's where the trouble started. That's where the complications <laughs> and confusion started in my life. Now, you know what? Uh, I love when you said Bonomo Taffy in the book. I went, Bonomo Taffy. <laughs> I love that. that taffy. How did we live through those what, years? Yeah. I don't know. how We made dentist rich. That's all I'm saying. So when you started mm-hmm. out, okay, I guess, you know, you had, you mentioned as part of the book is that you had quite the volatile childhood and you wrote yes. this book to sort of work through that. Tell us about that. Right. My parent, aside from the mafia component, I come from a, a history of a gene, genealogical history of mental illness. In fact, uh, my mother always teases that somewhere in a shtetl in, in Russia, because that's where both sides of our family are from, we were probably potato farmers, was the uh, village insane asylum with a big sign over it that said, Welcome Noviks. So we had, aside <laughs> from the stresses of, yes, of my father being uh, the moneymaker for the mafia, we have a history of mental illness that was never properly dealt with until until me, actually. And then we have an explosive situation between my parents, who were actually very well suited for one another, 
and they went at it all the time. Their parental skills, I could just see Dr. Phil wagging his finger and, you know, threatening to take my sister and I away from them. They did the best they could. I don't blame them, but they weren't, they come from uh, troubled backgrounds as well, and they were not equipped to be, um, to be and parents. You, and you touch uh, on that. I think which a lot of people yes. can relate to, you touch on that is just, uh, a lot of it was like, what's going on? <laughs> what, right, right. Why is everybody so That's, angry? Why is I'm just a angry kid. And, and not capable of, of I, I was parentalized at a very early age because they, I had to look after them. They were not capable. And uh, that lasted pretty much throughout my lifetime until I was in my 50s and, and entered therapy. Um, but I had a very strong relationship with my father. We were very alike in many, many ways. And his, uh, his occupational choice took him away from me. I never had enough of him. And that, was a, that fed into the whole mental health component. He was never around. They were not divorced. But also he was, um, but it seemed like from your book, Lisa, that he also uh, spoiled you or didn't want you to go without anything that you wanted. Absolutely. So well, there's a lot a of reasons child. for that. Nancy, <laughs> you are completely right. That, you know, looking back at it as an adult now and having been through therapy and, and looking at it with a clear head, a part of it was guilt money. He was never around. So what he did was he threw money at us to make up for the the lack of love that he just was not capable of of providing. Um, we had I'm not a victim in that in that respect. I had a very nice upbringing. I used what my parents yes, and gave your me. Book, your book makes it, Lisa. Your book makes it clear yes. that you are not a victim. That when you're writing this I'm book, glad. Uh, you you found you found okay yes this was going on and my life is volatile. But I can find joy in a Bonomo taffy right. or that's just exactly being with my right. friends or, in Long Island. That's right. Or I could take what they're, what they're capable of giving me and parlay it into something that will give me the opportunity to make better choices than my parents did, to find a better partner, to find a better occupation. So I traveled. They, they gave me money to travel. And they got me apartments. And they uh, gave me the best uh, colleges and universities without student loans. So I'm by no means throwing them under, under the bus. Um, I'm, I took a lot from them. I'm a street smart, uh, uh, educated person as well as, uh, you know, a, a best of the university yes, that there are. So they, I went to Vassar, I went Wait to minute, Amherst, I, and I, I went to Columbia. This? What? Emerson and Columbia. Yeah, I wanted to say that. Yes. And also, Amherst, um, yeah. you know, yes. uh, what you, you, uh, got a lot from all of this so it wasn't like you're a victim in any way but i do have to ask you this lisa yeah when did you discover at what age did you discover wait a minute what was your wait a minute moment you know everybody asked that and some people say how could she not have known you know i knew we were different look as i said at the beginning of this interview sally boxcars and joey uh joey sausage barbado and benny eggs magnano they were not hanging out with my friends families i knew we were different i knew that my father 
How did he know an uneducated man? How did he know everybody in the record business, in the top restaurants, in legal backgrounds? He knew everybody, and they liked him. He was funny. He was, well, funny might not be the right word. He was amusing to them. He was very, very smart. So I knew that we were different. I worked in my father's businesses. What I didn't know was the extent to which my father was involved in in the mafia. I thought these were his friends that gave him entree and access to uh, celebrities, celebrity worlds, you know, that kind of thing. It wasn't until uh, 1988 when I received a subpoena to appear before a grand jury that was investigating the five families in the metropolitan area of New York wow. that I realized that Lisa, my father that had a role. Sure. Lean in. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, what was, I'm just trying to think, how old were you when you got that subpoena? I was, 80, I was so. 29 or 30. So I, I think I was 30. Okay. Now, I also right. suffered from. How did you from, feel when they handed, oh, handed you that? How did you feel? Like, I, I think I, I, I captured that very well in the, in the book. I was very, a very anxious person. And I suffered from anxiety and depression my whole life, genetically and situationally. When this came down the week before Christmas, um, Giuliani was in, in running things then in New York, and he did a wonderful job at cleaning up the, uh, the mafia influence in the city. But mm-hmm. it was right before Christmas. I was working. There was a knock at the door just before closing time, and a man and a woman flashed FBI badges. And uh, said, are you Lisa Novick? And I said, yes. I had just been married the year before. I didn't even really know what a subpoena is. They said, you have it. Here's a subpoena to appear before a grand jury. At which time you feel, for me, I felt the blood. You feel lightheaded. You're going to faint because you know that life is never going to be the same. I think, Nancy, that what happens, we are so... Um, hardened by all the TV shows that we see, L.A. Law, L.A. Law, that's an old one, or, you know, whatever TV shows people go in front of judges, they go uh, in front of grand juries, eh, what does it mean? It's nothing. It's something. When you go in front of a grand jury, which had to be explained to me what it was, I didn't even know what a grand jury was, and here I was potentially testifying against my father and all his friends. It's, am I going to be responsible for sending my father and his friends to jail? Am I going to get in trouble? All I wanted to do was be a, a housewife, you know, and, and do my job also at, at work that I had and yeah. be a, a mm-hmm. wife to my new husband. So it was traumatizing I, beyond anything that I had Were you ever afraid? And I was not afraid, afraid of any repercussions. I was afraid of what might happen, what the future was going to bring. Don't forget these things are open-ended. It's not like I could say, well, let me just get through a week or a month or even a year and this will be over with. No, you don't have – it is a total lack of control. The FBI controlled everything. They were rounding up. Subpoenas were going out all over, according to my father. When I finally did get in touch with my father the day that I received my subpoena, his response was, yeah, this one's getting it, that one's getting it. I never dreamed that you would get it. The reason why I got it, Nancy, was because my father had put my name on some businesses. 
Now, he had told me oh. this was not the, he had told me that he was doing it, but, you know, when I asked him, why would you need to do that? Because I want you to have something, Lisa. If I'm not around, I want you to have something of your own. Now, who would have ever dreamt until that time that my father would ever deliberately put me in harm's way? So that was also a tremendous uh, awakening for me that uh, my father had deliberately put me in harm's way. Benny Eggs did not put his daughter and his son uh, onto his really? names, onto things. So, you know, here was my father who loved me and I'm sure was terribly, terribly distressed and tra- traumatized by what had happened from his choices, his poor choices. But nonetheless, um, he did that. And life was, life was never the same for me after the whole yeah, thing with the grand that, jury. That must have been really hard. Lisa, Lisa too, uh, if, if you could um, talk a little, and then I want you to find a passage, one of your favorite yeah. ones to, to read from maybe. That would be great. I do have to say, Lisa, as I read the book, and you pick whatever passage you want from the book, because I've read the whole book. Uh, um, Thank you. I have to say the second part of the book, in my opinion, and I'm also in the profession of, of theater and film and television, the second part of the book just came alive. Mm -hmm. The second half. Yes. As you got yes. older, I mean, there were things where you knew, but mm-hmm. as you got older sure. and things start to filter in, why am I getting special treatment? Why is this happening? Right. Uh, well, right. I like it and everything, but wait a minute. And you started to question, right. that became a movie in my head. Right. That was well, like, I this do the be beginning a of the book or a movie. Yeah. I can, I can clearly see it. I see it as a good fella. I see it as um, I've been watching The Godfather of Harlem, which not only... Uh, focuses on the uh, the mafia influence in the 1960s, but also the father-daughter relationship between the capos of uh, the godfather of Harlem and uh, Vinny the Chingigante. It shows it's very similar to mine what the relationships are, familial relationships between men in these situations and their, their family, in, in these cases, their daughters, how it affects those who cannot make choices. I couldn't make choices. These were choices that were made to me. And I am going to read you some parts of my book because it's not all gloom and doom. My parents were characters. When they were good, Nancy, they were a riot. I mean, my father wasn't exactly (laughs) chuckles. You wouldn't go to him. But my mother was, first of all, she was drop-dead gorgeous. She'd enter a room and men and women would look up, but she's very, very bright, Um, and she was sarcastic and funny, and when she laughed, the room shined. Everybody leaned in, but unfortunately, with her own mental illnesses, when she had the gray days, we all suffered. So let me tell you a little bit. I'm going to read your part. It's one of my favorite. I still laugh out loud. It's called it's uh, the Tuxedo Story, and this involves okay. uh, Sally Boxcars by Dad's friend. My mom and my all-time favorite daddy story was the time that my parents and Sally Boxcars and his wife were invited to a black tie affair, and they needed to rent tuxedos for the occasion. I just want you to keep in mind my father was over 300 pounds, so they went to a place <laughs> okay. owned by a friend of a friend who fully outfitted them. 
the proud shoppers came back to my parents' house and like teenage girls after a trip to the mall, donned their new outfits to show my mother. Sally was resplendent in a powder blue tuxedo trimmed in navy with a huge bow tie and a matching cummerbund. My dad sported the same number but in light beige with brown trim. The ruffled shirt, bow tie, and cummerbund made my father look like the dancing bear from the Captain Kangaroo show. My mother was temporarily speechless and the words of disbelief spilled forth. Are you kidding me? You guys look like something from a strolling minstrel show. Johnny beige, beige, buttercream, he corrected her. She continued, you look like an elephant dressed in a tuxedo. Who sold you these costumes? I won't go anywhere with you dressed like that. Boxcars and my father were visibly hurt by her reaction. What do you know, my father retorted. The salesman told us that these are the latest spring colors. Oh, really? She shot back. Johnny, listen to me. You look like a fat Easter bunny. That bow tie, the ruffled shirt, you have no <laughs> neck as it is. You both look like schmucks. Take them back and get black tuxedos. Not mint green, not lilac, just black. So this was the kind of uh, repartee that I was very familiar <laughs> with between them. And I, I like to think that I got a little of my mother's sense of humor. So they were well, kept So like the book is great. funny. Yeah. It is. And they can get the book, okay, The Apple and the Shady Tree, on Amazon. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, it's on, okay, it's on Amazon. And also, you can go to lisanovicgoldberg.com, lisanovicgoldberg.com for more information on her. And I'm just impressed how many people are interested in you, Lisa, because I'm looking here, and you've been interviewed on the Daily Mail TV show, people.com, the doctors. And this is just your first yep. book, The Apple and the Shady Tree. This is my first book. Yes, it was. Yeah, I've, I've been very, very fortunate. The book has seemed to be a success. And now we want to take it to what I think is its, its, its natural uh, uh, next spot uh, series. I so we shall see. I, <laughs> yeah, I definitely, and especially in my opinion, this, if anybody's listening, uh, as the book evolves, you know, it's, it's to me the meat. Uh, second half of the book became the meat to me. I love the stories of you growing up and what it was like and your friends and the color of the neighborhood kind of thing, the colorful way you presented it. And that was all good. But the meat came when all this stuff started to happen. And when you discovered like a newspaper article and you go, wait a minute, that's my father. <laughs> yes. When yeah, you started well, doing the research that was in my that. research. Nancy, the, the, the real killer for me was when I started to do my research, the book took me four years to write. Um, and I, my husband, who it's ironic, my husband of the last four years, we've been together 10 years, was uh, a very celebrated circuit court judge in uh, the state of Florida. Oh, no. 16 years. Yep. 16 years, which he spent on the criminal bench. So uh, my father would have, uh, unfortunately, my father not got, never got a chance to meet him. He would have loved him and paraded him around Bamantes and all his haunts like a, like a prize pony. I think it, it would have been really oh. something. So, yeah. Hey, so. Lisa, I just want to interrupt here because I, I do want to promote your book yeah. some more. And I will be putting up a review a favorable review, by the way, because I like this oh, later you. in thank the day. You. And I just want uh, to say it's just 
um, that you took charge of what could have scarred you for your life. Yes. You took charge of your life, and you decided to make a creative venue. Uh, if anyone else is, you know, uh, onto this and into the subject matter, I do think it would make a very good Netflix special or HBO or mm-hmm. Amazon Prime or Hulu. If anybody is listening, I think as a series because it's got so many layers. I think it so just too. seems. You can play me. I, I'm casting it. My. <laughs> you could, you my could cast yourself <laughs> as me or my mother. I don't know. Whatever. No, I see your it. I see it very because it's got to be a like a Charlize Theron or something because it's got to yes, be gorgeous. somebody of death and and sarcasm and the in the back the of the time. book. So take a look at the oh, pictures yeah, in the back of the book. And, uh, yeah, it was the quite, a, quite a crowd. And one of the surprises is it's not just a mafia book. You've got your murder in there, and you've got all the characters and everything. But what surprised me with the book is the, uh, the media attention to the mental health issues as well. Because uh, yes, how you deal with them, how you – I'm a survivor, and my daughter is a survivor. And how it is you, it, it, with the right uh, outlook, and you can – get beyond this and you can break this cycle this genetic cycle of craziness so um yeah so i'm working on that that's an upward an upward climb all the time but it's uh there's hope in the book and it and and another message is that we all have a story to tell everybody's got an apple in the shady tree inside them somewhere so i encourage all the readers to write things down you don't have to publish you don't have to you know, be interviewed on the Nancy Lombardo show, but you can uh, you can make your mark for your family, and uh, so that's that's that. Well, you did it for yourself and and your child, and that's the important thing. Is that I did. You, you took something that might have marred your whole life, and you I, grappled it, and you wrestled it to the ground, and you put it in a book. It's a very good read, and um, it just oh, was fascinating knowing. I used to. Uh, uh, I used to teach theater in the five towns, so I knew the five towns oh. immediately when you said it. So uh, the fact you... is, it is just very fascinating, and I love in your voice, just in your voice, the optimism in your voice, and just embracing what you've done. It's just, it's very, very heartwarming that you've taken this Absolutely. on and you're out there doing this. I hope you're doing a lot of readings around town or. Or just uh, well, unfortunately, when can, as they when say in uh, my mazel, as they say in, in Yiddish, my mazel. I wrote a book during COVID, the first uh, pandemic in a hundred <laughs> years. So that has, uh, you know, I was not able to go on the book tour that I was anticipating. But it's never too late, and I'm ready to go. And the book is fresh. Like and it, Yes, it is. And The Apple and the Shady Tree on Amazon, The Apple and the Shady Tree on Amazon, LisaNovicGoldberg.com. I highly recommend it. And as soon as I get through all my stuff, I'm going to post my review. Uh, It's a very good book, and I love how you turned your life around and did something so positive. And I also wrote a book during COVID, so we're COVID authors. Oh, okay, we're COVID twins. Okay, well, good luck to us. Yes, definitely. And I just want to repeat that again, the apple and the shady tree. And is that available on Kindle as well as a hardcover or softcover? Yes, you can find it on Kindle and Amazon and yes. So if you go to Kindle and enjoy today, it, it's a quick read, have that book two, right two away. days. <laughs> okay. Two days. I read Nancy. it in one. 
I read it once. Oh, but I want to thank oh, you for being thing. a guest today on the show. You've got one minute. Is yeah. there anything else you'd like to add or shout out to anybody? Oh, enjoy my book. Read it in one day. Take two. And look for me, hopefully, in the future on, on a Netflix series or something just like that. And remember, there really is a, everybody's got stuff. So it's how you deal with it and what you take from your background and, and how you mush it all together and bake it and how it comes out. So, um, yeah, I think it's an inspirational well, book as well as a, a, a ride. It's very, and I think the mental health issue is a very important one that it does bring up that you can take control of your life, as Lisa did, and turning something, uh, an upside-down cake into an upside-right cake, you know. Yes. <laughs> so uh, congratulations yes. on your no, new book, thank The Apple you, and the Shady Tree. And I want to thank, thank you, you, Lisa, a joy for you to be on the show today, uh, a, a very lovely joy. Please get this book, everyone. I'll be posting sometime today my uh, review, and it's a five-star okay. book. I'll just tell you that everyone okay oh thank, thank you for being you, a Nancy. guest have a wonderful weekend thank you, you too and uh signing thank off you so much and, and best wishes all right thank you very bye. much bye bye what a delightful guest uh check her out all right uh, uh i just like her voice and her personality i hope she does make that short little video uh because it sells the book to me it just it's her she's the book and that's what you want to read. So pick it up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, highly recommended by What's the Buzz New York, Nancy Lombardo. And look for my review coming up today. It's available on Kindle and Amazon. So you can get it right away if you want. Okay, this has been What's the Buzz New York with our guest, Lisa Novick Goldberg, The Apple and the Shady Tree. Check it out on Amazon. Everyone have a good day. Stay cool. Hydrate. And do like Lisa did. Embrace the bad and turn it into something positive that helps everyone else. All right. Nancy Lombardo, What's the Buzz New York? Thank you for tuning in. Big kiss. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.